the shepherd of this house, the angel of this heart, this house today, our own Pastor L.J. Miller. Hallelujah. Come on, is he still doing it? Is he still the same God? Somebody say he's doing it all again. Oh, come on, let us get some excitement in the house. I enjoyed myself this morning. Amen. As they begin to praise the Lord, and I mean, you could just feel the energy, man. It's just wonderful. And that's how we should come in the house of God, praising him just like that. How many of you know he inhabits the praises of his people? Amen. And when we praise him and bless him and honor him, amen, he'll begin to move for you. Amen. Amen. So y'all give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Amen. I thank him to be here today. Amen. I know we wanted to say a special prayer. Amen. For all of our kids that are back in school. Did y'all kids start school back yet already or some started? I know most will be starting this week. Amen. So I'm going to ask you to go in an intercessory prayer with me because you may not know how important that is, but the scriptures say whatever you bind in the earth, heaven backs you up and they bind it in heaven. So we need to bind mass shootings. We need to bind all this bullying. But there's so many things we can come before God for. Whatever household is represented in this ministry with a child and whatever school they attend, let's ask God to cover our children and to cover that school. And I believe that we want to make the teachers alert. We want the kids alert. We don't want strangers going into school, opening fire. Amen. There's a lot of political debate on gun control and things of that nature. Amen. And you can't legislate what's in people's heart. If somebody has murder in their heart and hate in their heart, amen, they'll find a way to do it. But what we can do, we can ask God to cover us. The Bible says that he that dwells in a secret place of the most high God shall abide under the shadow or the covering of the almighty. And it says he give his angels charge concerning you. It says his angels are in camp round about them that fear the Lord. Any God fearing people in this place today. So we're going to ask God, amen, to cover our children and our schools. And then we also pray as we get ready to go into the word today. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for this service, God. We thank you for every family represented, every child, every school, every school teacher. Father, I am a believer that the angels of God, the armies of God watch over us. God, they protect us, God. They go before us, oh God. God, the enemy, God, wants to destroy our families, God. He wants us to go after you and leave Egypt and pursue all of your promises but leave our kids behind. But we're not going to be that kind of people, God, that leave our kids behind and not pray for them, not cover them, not watch over them. Father, I pray right now, God, that every parent, God, that you would give them wisdom. God, teach them how to parent in this wicked generation. God, teach them how to parent. God, give them grace. God, to go in their homes, God, and, oh, God, and maneuver, God, not allowing 
connivingness and darkness and secrets and all of these things but God wherever the enemy is oh God give them eyes to see and then give them grace to maneuver oh God so that they can protect their children God so that they can watch over their children so that they can lead their children and guide their children Father I pray God that as they go into the school every teacher that teaches our children God let them not be addicted to drugs and pills oh God and things that would distort our kids God from being properly educated touch the hearts of the principals give them wisdom God there's great dilemmas in schools God the principals are scrambling for answers God the teachers are scrambling God touch our school system in Louisiana God even as we rank close to the bottom God I lift up our school system right now God let my prayers go into the school board of Lafayette Parish Campuchu Parish Baton Rouge Parish every parish where I would St. Mary Parish God every parish Jeff Davis Parish God every city every town God where there's members in this ministry where the kids go send your angel before them God God and teach our kids God not to allow the bullies to bully them in the wrong decisions God into perverted acts God that they've been trained better against God give our children the courage to stand against bullies God and to go report them God and not feel like God they're going to be ostracized but if they are to endure the persecution oh God God let not the bullies reign over our kids because that's demonic God oppression in any form is demonic go with our children in the schools God I bind every attack the enemy playing this this year God, because some parents, they want to serve you, but their distraction is their children. God, their burden for their kids. I lift them up. God, let them not be medicated. God, it's not all about riddling. God, ADHD, all of these things. Sometimes we just lack wisdom. And God, the enemy uses these things. God and let us in our moments of vulnerability not make bad decisions and Father I pray for communication in the homes with the parents God and the kids God give them grace to communicate better God God issues that may seem tough that they don't want to talk about give them courage to talk about it because those conversations can save families God, let not our people be afraid to have difficult conversations. God, let all this hidden secrets, God, of their detrimental to the growth of any child, develop and healthy, reveal it, uncover it. God, we are the children of the light, and we want to walk in the light. God, let God and you promised us that we would not be ignorant concerning the devices of the devil. Reveal every plot, every scheme, everything he tries to do in our homes and in our schools. I believe you today. I know you heard me. I believe you. And God, as I get ready to go into this message, God, I pray that you give me the grace to minister. God, to feed your beautiful sheep and your beautiful lamb. Your beautiful sheep, for this is your heritage. And we have come to sit at your table. God, open our ears. God, open our heart. God, open our mind. 
And God, everyone that's battling and struggling to make it to the house, give them strength where they are. Let not your word go out void, but cause it to do what you're sending it to do. And Satan, I bind you right now in the name of Jesus. Let your word have free course. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a hand praise as you take your seat today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Give our music ministry a great hand. Amen. They did amazing. Amen. How many of you enjoyed your praise and worship experience today? Amen. Truly, I thank God so much. Amen. That we can praise him. Amen. With joy and gladness. And how many of you know that's not easy? How many of you know that's not easy? Amen. This has to be in your heart. Amen. Because the devil fights you. Because how many of you know you can go into a weapon with, into a war with praise and win? How many of you know one time God told the choir to go before the army? And the choir went before the army and the enemy got confused. But the moral of the story is sometimes you kind of praise when you see and it feels like you're defeated. Because the enemy will get confused because he'll literally feel like you're not supposed to be praising at a moment like this. <laughs> See, he want to shut your praise up. How many of you know wars can be won through praise? Somebody say, I'm not going to be quiet. Can we just let out a loud praise in the house right now? <laughs> We're going to do another one, but let me tell you what goes before that. The Bible says, make a joyful noise, all ye lands. So let us make a joyful noise in the house right now. Amen. Amen. The more you going through the fire, the more you should be praising God. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's go into the word of God today. Amen. I want you to walk with me through this. Amen. There's five points I want to give you the title today. What we're going to be talking about is managing your moments. Amen. Managing your moments. Somebody say we're going to talk about managing your moments. But today I'm going to learn how to manage my moments. How many of you know life is a series of high leverage moments? As God was sharing this with me, high leverage just means there's a lot at stake. And what God was sharing with me, many times human beings, they fail to discern the magnitude of everything that's at stake in one moment. How many of you know prison is filled with people that mismanage the high leverage moment? How many of you know the heat of the moment can cause you to ruin your life? How many of you know also that there are some things you can do in a moment that even once you repent of it, the damage is still there. Some things you can't fix with I'm sorry. You can say I'm sorry, God can forgive you. The other person that can forget, they can forgive you, but they still have the right to say I forgive you, but we divorce him. 
How many of you know most of the problems are moments that are mismanaged? How many of you know Adam mismanaged the moment? He mismanaged the moment. How many? Let me walk through this. I'm going to give you these five points in this, and I want to take my time and give them to you because we've all been there. We've all been in moments where we did the wrong thing, said the wrong thing, reacted the wrong way, and then when we come back and we feel bad, we just want a mismanaged moment to be fixed and go away regardless of how much damage we did. Somebody said, don't work like that. Don't work like that. Amen? So y'all write these five points down and then y'all say, Lord, help them give them to us. (laughs) Because I know this will bless you. The first point I want to go to, amen, point number one is going to be understanding the lasting impact of the moment. Point number one, understanding the lasting impact of the moment. Amen? Point number two would be mismanaging a moment can connect you to a demon. The church said, hmm, that's right. And not only connect you to a demon, it can let a demon into your, gen- into your bloodline, into your lineage. Amen. Things that you do when you don't understand the magnitude of it, it can let demonic influences into your seed, into your blood, into your lineage. So a bad moment can let a, give a devil access. How many of you know Adam's mismanaged moment gave the Satan access to our world? Before Satan mismanaged that moment, Satan had no legal rights to do anything in this earth. But when Satan, when Adam mismanaged that moment, the Bible said through one man, sin entered the world. And then it said death by sin. How many of you know there's a package of bad things that can come into your life in just one moment? Sin in it, death in it, and then the devil gained legal right to do whatever he wanted to those that submitted to his government. Whew, that's powerful. I don't know if I'm going to do a lot of preaching today. I'm going to get you this. Because we need to know the high stakes moments that we're in. Point number three. Though you apologize, there are some things that are incorrectable through a mismanaged moment. The point number three, that's going to be called Ishmael. How many of you know Ishmael was Abraham's and Sarah's idea? That wasn't God's idea. The Bible says Ishmael came through the flesh. How many of you know some things you do through your flesh, and the scripture says anything that comes from the flesh, it genders or it creates a bondage. No matter how bad they wanted Ishmael to go away, Ishmael was still there to be dealt with. All right. That's point three. Lord have mercy. Though you're number three? Yeah. Y'all want me to read that again? Okay. Man, y'all, there you go. Talk back. That's it. Though you apologize, there's some things 
that are incorrectable through a mismanaged moment. We're going to call point number three, Ishmael. All right. Point number four, and this is how the devil gets us. This is how the devil tricked you, y'all. Please capture this. It says, don't let a temporary deficiency cause you to forfeit a long-term reward. In other words, the enemy want to capitalize on you in your most vulnerable times. When you're lonely, that's when he's going to present the wrong partner. But when you're strong and you got all your bearings about yourself, that's not when he's going to present. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The lions don't attack the strength of the pack. They attack the weak one that strays and gets away from the pack. So don't let your deficiencies or your vulnerable moments cause you to forfeit a long-term reward. Esau said, what good does this birthright profit me seeing that I'm hungry? Or I have a need, so I need to eat right now. I don't care that you're going to put perpetual provision in my bloodline. I'm not worried about perpetual provision. I just want gratification right now. What he forfeited was access to perpetual provision or continual or lasting not just for him but to his bloodline he forfeited that because he wanted to eat in a moment don't let your fleshly needs cause you to forfeit long-term benefits from God that's deep right there I'm telling you I'm gonna teach you how to gain control of these moments and process through them and think through them amen to discern when is the enemy trying to get you to make a bad decision but also when is your desire trying to get the best of you that's why Paul said he said I wrestle against spiritual wickedness but then he also said I keep my own flesh in subjection if lust is in you you don't need the devil to make you do it you're just going to do it on your own but the Bible says every man should know how to possess or take control of his, uh, his vessel and keep it sanctified and honorable. All right? And then my last point. This is good. This is good. <laughs> Be the cause of righteousness entering back into your lineage. The Bible said through one man's sin entered into the world. And through one man, righteousness came back in the world. You have to be the one. You are the one that God has chosen to bring back righteousness and holiness in your lineage. And you have to understand that. Amen. All right. So let's go to the beginning here. Y'all with me so far? And I'm going to just go through them. Amen. So Romans chapter five. Verse 12 to 14. Romans 5, 12 to 14. When you get there, say amen. Take your time. Did I say Romans 12 or 5? Perfect. Romans 5. 
Thank y'all for the new Bible. It's fantastic. All right. Verse 12 to 14. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. He said, for until the law, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there was there's no law. Nevertheless, it says death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. Okay, so grab this and write this down. Here's the three things that entered our world. It says sin in it. Then, because sin in it, death came with it. And then not only did death come with it, the right for sin and death to pass on every man. So, yes, it sure is not fair for those that come behind you to pay for the mistakes that you made. Of course that's not right. But that's the reality of the decisions that you make. Adam opened up our world to sin, to death, and then the access for death to pass on to every human being that came after him. Now, do you think if Adam would have really understand the, understood the magnitude of the damage that he was getting ready to do, do you think he would have allowed Eve to really cause him to make that decision? Possibly. Because some people can know something is not good for them and they still do it but don't want the consequence. <laughs> See? You can know what you're getting ready to do is a horrible decision. But the flesh is pounding so bad and the devil is talking so loud, you dive in. But when the consequence comes, we don't want the consequence of it. Somebody say sin has consequences. Somebody say some things you do, you can't take back. So the point of the story is ask God to help you to discern when I'm in a high leverage moment. The high leverage moment means when there's a lot at stake here. And say, God, help me to become aware that what I'm getting ready to do is going to affect a lot of people. And then pray and say, God, help me to remember what you told me I should do at this time. Because how many of you know, sometimes when, when, the, when the intensity is there, the word of God may not come to you and speak to you. You can forget what God has commanded you to do. And you need to pray and say, God, never let me forget. This is why the psalmist said it like this. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not mismanage a high leverage moment. (laughs) 
That's what the psalmist was talking about. He was talking about, God, I know there's going to come times where I have moments that come up called temptations, afflictions, famines, tribulations, trials, opposition, adversity, whatever you want to call it, storms, wind, rain, whatever. I know they're going to come. But when I get in those moments, don't let your word forsake my mind. And then say, God, see, you kind of, when, when, when I was thinking about this, what I really saw in my mind, I saw moments, and I saw, like, how you can slow them down. And you can just really start to process what's going, how many times you ever just slow down to say, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me just process what's going on right here. Let me. Let me, the Bible says a wise man looks well into his gone. They say, but the simple pass on and they punished. Simple just means unable to put complex thinking together. Unable to reason through problems. Unable to reason through situations. He say, the simple don't even think about the damage this crack pipe going to do. They don't think about the damage this adultery going to do. They don't think about the damage stealing this money going to do. They don't think about that. But they just think about, I want the money, I want the sex, I want the drugs. But they don't think about, this can cause me to be a, go into an addiction and lose my family. They don't think about, I mean, I'm in this casino, I just gambled my whole check. But they don't think about, how I'm going to pay my bill. <laughs> When I leave, I'm going to feed my son. My wife is going to be upset. No, just the rush of being in that casino, all they could think about, I might win 10 grand. I might win 20 grand. And they fail to process and reason and think through the moment that's called simple-minded. But the prudent, the prudent means you can take high-leverage moments and you can process them and you can say, I am lonely. And he is handsome. And he may be the person I want to be with. But let me acknowledge God. Let me not get involved with him and get connected to him and then try to get him saved. Let me just focus on my walk with God. And if that's the person for me, God, I'm going to trust you that you are going to iron out the details. But let me just consult with you first. But the Bible says the wise find safety in a multitude of eyeballs. But the simple believe they know everything. And then when they mismanage a high leverage moment, now they get upset at God and everybody for a bad decision that they made. You can't mismanage these types of moments. But what you have to do is Slow down and gain control of yourself when you can get in an argument with somebody. The Bible instructs us when you're reviled, don't revile again because you can say some things that you can't pull back. The Christian life is a life of control. 
But you should not let anything in this earth realm overpower you to make a bad decision or to do any. Everything a Christian should do should be because it's something that they diligently chose to do. That's what salvation is. Empowering you to choose to do things that you want to do. How many people mismanage moments? If people manage moments better, we wouldn't have a thriving prison system. I saw one guy was reading the article today. What the guy did was, and everybody, what the guy did, this is what the guy did. He, he, he had money at one time. And he fell on some hard times. Moment of vulnerability. He robbed a, a, a check cashing place. Shot at a cop. And then he did something else. Three things he did. They gave him 105 years. <laughs> now, when you, when you, when, now, when, I'm, I already know. When he was sitting in there, I already know what was on his mind. My freedom was definitely not worth them $40 I took from a check cashing place to fix this drug addiction. He threw away the rest of his life. Because he mismanaged one moment. Some of you in some critical moments right now. <laughs> and you have some serious decisions to make. But don't be driven by the enemy. And please don't be driven by your flesh. Because anything that comes from your flesh, if you walk after the flesh, you will die, Period. Paul said it like this, in my flesh is no good thing. Paul said, any ideal that originates from a fleshly desire, it ain't good. Oh, my God. Lord Jesus. All right, let's go to point number two. Y'all got that? And y'all probably thinking right now. <laughs> Boy, I done mismanaged some moments. <laughs> but let me share something with you, though. Oh, we're going to get to it. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Let's get to point number two. Now, this point right here, I pray for you that you hear me with all of your heart. 1 Corinthians 6, 12 to 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12 to 20. All right. First Corinthians chapter six, verses 12 to 20. Let me read them. All right. <clears throat> this first statement gets a lot of people in trouble. It say all things are lawful to me. What that is equivalent to somebody said, I'm grown. I can do whatever I want. To some people, the worst thing they can have is the ability to do whatever they want. The scriptures even testify like this. The prosperity of a fool will destroy him. <laughs> Meaning that a fool with prosperity, all the prosperity is going to do is give them the means to mess their life up. So sometimes God is holding back things from you because you're foolish. 
Don't take that as an offensive word. All that means is you get into high leverage moments and you don't process all the consequences. So God is saying, I am not going to bless this person with this right now because they're going to mismanagement, mismanagement, and it's going to destroy them rather than bless them. All right. But all things are not expedient. What Paul is saying is I can do whatever I want to do, but some things just not best for me to do. They say all things are lawful. They say I will not be brought under the power of any. Meaning I've reached a point in my maturity to where there's nothing in this earth realm that's going to overpower me and make me make a bad decision. That's a great place to be. When you get control of your mind, your spirit, your soul, and you walking in complete control to where nothing in the earth realm can overpower you into a bad decision, that's what God is trying to bring you. That's liberty. But then look what he said. Meats are for the belly. And belly for the meats. But God shall destroy both it and them. He said, now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. He said, and God has both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. Know you not that your bodies are the members of Christ. Somebody say my body belongs to Christ. (laughs) Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? He's talking about a connection. (laughs) He said, God forbid. He said, what? See, that's what he's trying to educate you. He's trying to teach you. The moments that you think are pleasurable. There's a lot at stake in this decision. He say, it's more than pleasure you're getting ready to engage in. He say, you're getting ready to connect to something. He say, what you're doing is beyond pleasure. It's a connection. And not just at the physical level. It connects your whole being. When you connect to something, it opens. See, when you're getting ready to make a connection, think about who is your dad? Who is your mom? How long did they stay married? Because you're getting ready to connect to mindsets. You think you're just getting ready to connect for some pleasure. No, you're getting ready to connect to a lineage. You're getting ready. You may be getting ready to connect to people that don't grab their credit score 750 or 422. You think you just ready to have sex. You may be connecting to somebody that don't care if they never achieve anything in life. And every time you try to pursue your goal, they pulling you down. You may be getting ready to connect to a guy that still lives with his mom and he's 42 and has no desire to become a man. You better be careful what you connecting yourself to. It's more to it than pleasure. God trying to help you. <laughs> he said... What? Now he's asking you a question. He's trying to appeal to your intelligence. He wants you to think through this. He wants you to reason through what you're doing. (laughs) Know you not that he that is joined to a harlot 
is one body. Two people went in the bed, but God looking at one body. I just saw something. God give me the grace to bring this out. That act is emerging. The way God designed it, there's a you connecting. Now think about this. Think about this. Whenever human beings connect, or you connect, human beings come from what? Dirt. And in the dirt is all kind of chemicals. This is how God designed you. God designed you chemically to release uh, endorphins and all of these things, pleasure chemicals. The pleasure chemical is what you chase, but then there's one that come behind it called oxytocin. Oxytocin is the binding, the bonding chemical. So the endorphin, you just chasing the endorphin or the pleasure, but the oxytocin is what's released at the same time, and then you connect to that person at a spirit level. And that's where the addiction comes from. When that release, that's where the craving for that person come from. That's where the longing for that person come from. The pleasure is gone, but the craving for them lingers when you get out the bed. And now you just connect it to their parents, their brothers, their cousins, everything. Where you think he gonna bring you? Gonna bring you to his home, to his neighborhood. He's going to expose you to his culture. And guess what? You're going to follow because you connected. And now you could have been taught better. But because now there's a connection there, you're going to let him bring you down into a substandard culture even though you've been taught better. And you start to wonder, why can I leave this no good person alone? Because you've connected. Hallelujah. And now you got this whole bad connection that you got to manage for years sometimes. Some people die and can never get out of those bad connections. But there's a power that's available in the earth today. The scriptures say you can have your bodies washed with pure water. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, he washes all of those connections out of you. He washes Johnny out of you. He washes Sally away from you. He washes the crack out of you. He washes the marijuana out of you. He begins to wash and clean you from every bad thing you ever got connected to. And then once he washes you, he goes in your mind and he starts to repair the debt. Oh. One scripture says Jehovah is salvation, meaning he'll get you out of those bad connections. <laughs> but then you come to him wobbling, <laughs> and you come to him missing it, and you come to him longing for it. Then he moves from the Savior to the physician. <laughs> the Bible says he was riding on that white horse, and on his head was many crowns. <laughs> He wears many hats. He can save you, then he can fix you, then he can heal you, then he can lead you, then he can guide you. He can go from a physician to a shepherd. Don't go over there. Stand fast in the liberty that I freed you from. Get under your shepherds. Find good friends. Get better. He'll start teaching you who to connect with. Then he'll go from a shepherd to a comforter. 
when you start missing that bad thing and your flesh is burning, he'll come in the spirit of God and come over you and he'll just start ministering to you. Don't do it. Your son is watching. I love you. Don't leave me. I'll never forsake you. No man can love you like me. Don't let the devil lie to you. The devil is a lie. Nobody can do you like Jesus. He'll meet you in the midnight hour. He'll walk with you all the way to the end. He won't leave you when you get weak and vulnerable. Paul began to say, God, I'm tired of dealing with this. He said, God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Can you just move it? I say, Paul, my grace. Oh, but if I can get you to learn how to tap into this grace. God didn't say I'm giving you something to cover your flaw. <laughs> he said I'm giving you something to empower you. He said let the weak say they strong. When the grace of God hits you, it's going to start teaching you to deny all ungodliness and worldly lust. And it will give you the power to stand and not go back. Or if you stay with Jesus long enough, there'll be no residue of them bad connections. He'll start teaching you scriptures like this. Don't be conformed to this world. But let me transform you. If I start teaching you my ways. And when you start thinking like me, you're going to get a new mind. You're going to stop looking for somebody tall, dark, and handsome. And you're going to start looking for somebody. Oh, you trying to tell where you go to church. You say if you got the Holy Ghost, how long? What's your credit like? Oh, I don't care what you drive. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care. All of this don't matter to me. How long you been saved? Talk to me about some of them trials you've been through. See, you'll start looking for partners differently. You'll get a new mind, a new outlook. Sister said, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) You get a new mind. Jesus will start teaching you how to manage the moments better. He'll give you an attitude. Oh, you, now I'm going to tell you, you want to talk to me? (laughs) See, you'll start getting a list. (laughs) Can you say, I'm not desperate? I'm not in a rush. I'm not in a hurry. You'll start checking boxes. I used to tell Bree, get a list and put a box by and just check it off. And if, one, if the box is not checked, keep it moving. So to, that's why he come for you in your moments of vulnerability because you'll compromise your standards. You'll compromise your standards. The enemy been doing this. He knew Adam loved Eve and wanted her happy. He knew the right time to come. Notice he didn't come to Adam until he saw Eve with that fruit. Soon as he saw that, he, he started. See, he know your emotions. He know these things. He know. See, when you get nervous and they teach things like body language. and they, He know when you're getting the, the twitches. Just say, slow it down. Let's slow, pause. 
You ever watched a good movie and you say, let me pause. Let me pause and let me, let me process this scene that I just saw. Let me make sure. That's what you got to do. You got to slow these movies down, these moments, and push pause and say, okay, now let me think about all of the things that can happen right here. In the, that's called being in control. Let's pause that. Y'all, I was trying to read all the verses before I went... <laughs> he said for two he said shall be one flesh but he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit somebody say take off running <laughs> somebody, that's not what the Bible said huh? yeah that's what flee mean flee means flee means <laughs> If you're in a high leverage moment and there's a bad connection trying to manifest to take you into a whole nother trajectory, not just for you, but for everybody that come behind you. God said, take off running. Leave the coat. The phone you could, hey. Leave the phone. Hey, just find the nearest computer and, and just put loss or turn it off. Call AT and T and say, "See, some of you come out of the world, but you you keep relics from the world. When you come out of the world, you gotta burn everything from over there. Because the scriptures say, if you mindful of it, that's your that creates the opportunity to go back to." It. Oh my God. Every sin that a man do, he does without his body. But he that committed fornication sins against his own body. What he's saying is said, there's decisions that you are making that's hurting yourself. Paul says some things you can do to hurt your own self. Amen. He say, What? I love this passage. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. Somebody say, this is God's temple. And it's time for me to stop letting it get connected to the wrong thing. How many of you know your mind lives in this temple? Your soul lives in this temple. And this temple should only, your mind should only connect to God your spirit should only connect to God. Oh, my God. Praise God. Appreciate him. Amen. We working today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. So don't let yourself get caught up in bad connections. Because in those bad connections... It's not the pleasure you got because the Bible testifies and said there is pleasure in a bad connection for a season. What he was trying to tell you is when that season passes, you still got to deal with the bag that it produced. Praise God. Y'all give him a hand clap this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, let's go to Genesis 21, verse 9 to 13. And this point right here, 
It's called Ishmael. And I'm going to just read these four verses real quick. And there's a lot of hope in this passage. There's a lot of hope in this passage. It's really beautiful. Genesis 21, verse 9 to 13. Okay. Say amen if you're there with me. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. When God starts requiring you to remove things out of your life that's originated in your flesh, the truth is some things you're going to really, really love that God is telling you to get rid of. (laughs) The Bible said when the woman asked Abraham to get Ishmael out of the house, he says Abraham got grieved. Did the Holy Ghost ever deal with you to give up something and it grieved you? Well, guess what the other side of that grieving is? When you don't give up the thing that's grieving you, you grieve the Spirit of God. The Scripture said, let us not vex the Spirit of God by being disobedient to Him when He's asking us to give up something. If the Spirit of God is dealing with you to give something up, don't get grieved about it. Because if you grieved about it, that means you really, 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 really like that thing. I mean, you really, 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 really like it. And you don't want to see it go. But you don't want to frustrate the grace of God either. You don't want God to be there saying, I'm trying to get you to stop. I'm trying to get you. I'm trying. And then God is saying, my spirit not going to always strive. I can't. I'm, I don't know what else to do. I don't sit the word, the revival, prayer, the people call. I don't know what else to do. Now God is like. When the spirit of God is trying to move you to a new dimension, just get rid of whatever he's asking you to get rid of. I don't care how much you love it. I don't care how much. If it's not of God, you don't want that in your life. Abraham got grieved. Go ahead on and praise him. (laughs) Abraham got grieved. Then look what it said. And God said unto Abraham, now this is so beautiful, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman. Then all that Sarah has said unto thee, hearken unto her her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And also of the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation. Only because it's your seed. Now look at the beauty in this. Look at the beauty in this. God came to Abraham and said this. He said, don't let this thing grieve you because you have to give up something that started in your flesh. Now, when when God was getting ready to move him forward, he let it go. But Ishmael didn't go away. 
What that's telling you is you may have to graduate college with four kids. And no man. I put four because that's way out there. <laughs> Let's say seven. Nine. The point of the story is God is going to help you deal with your baggage if you find the courage to move forward. Stop making excuses for moving forward because you got baggage in your life. Your life is not over because you got Ishmael's. I want to let that sink in. Ishmael represents anything in your life that came that was produced from a bad decision but is still attached to you. God told Abraham, because it's attached to you, I'm going to secure it. But you got to still keep pushing. Some people are afraid to let things go because they're afraid of what's going to happen to it. Man, if you're a single woman or a single father, and you raising kids and trying to achieve things, God is going to put people in your life to help you watch them kids so you can... Don't you keep letting your mistakes hold you back from being great in this world. Maybe you won't schedule to be great by 22. You picked up a few Ishmaels. Get it done at 32. You just got more people to stand on the stage with you and celebrate. to learn God. It doesn't matter how much packages and baggages that you have. If you give your life to God, God will make you the head. That is not conditional up on how much baggage you bring in the salvation. God said, okay, I wanted to bless her at 25, but now she's 39. I'm going to go ahead on and clean that up. Because now she's going to be a little stronger. <laughs> a little wiser. When she get in these high leverage moments, she's not going to let somebody knock her off like she did when she was 18. Because she suffered some pain now. She saw how hard it was to work three, four, five jobs just to keep the light on. You use that to make you smarter, not kill your self-esteem. Take the lessons from the bad decisions. But don't you think for one moment the rest of your life is ruined because you got some Ishmael's. At this point, stop making Ishmael's. Somebody say, neighbor, you got enough Ishmael's. (laughs) Somebody say, don't create no more. Somebody say, stop right there. About to say your, your luggage, you trying to get on a flight, got enough bags. <laughs> got enough bags, that's enough. We need no more bags. Now, God will make a big jumbo jet for you if He got to. He's going to get you across that water. Lord Jesus. Somebody say, no more Ishmael's. Somebody say, I'm not making another bad decision that sets me back. And yes, it is harder. But Jesus wants you to know you can do all things through Christ that's going to give you the strength. (laughs) 
See, sometimes carrying extra bags, it can get a little weary sometimes. But God got you. God told Abraham, don't, 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 don't worry about Ishmael. He said, I'm, I'm going to make sure that, that, y'all, a race of people came into the world from one decision Abraham made in a bad moment. The children that came, the race of people, the genealogy that came through Ishmael wasn't even supposed to be on the earth today. They still here. <laughs> Prove it. All right. I like that. That's what I'm talking about. Now y'all can't say I'm going too long because he told me to prove it. Let me talk to Mr. Google right quick. Ishmael's descendants. Y'all pull it up too. Y'all don't make me do all the work. Because <laughs> you need to know that something's going to linger long after you're gone. You're going to leave people to deal with baggage. You can't just go do all kind of dirt. And then when you leave, now everybody got to go pay your credit cards off, pay your mortgage off, pay your cars off. You gone, but now everybody got to deal with it. Who are they? Hold on, say that again. Who? How many they got? How many they got in the world? Put a B on that. So you telling me there's billions of people in the world right now from one mismanaged high leverage moment? That's what you're telling me? Do you know why they're here? Because God said, I'm going to make nations out of you. So we are still dealing with the nations that came out of Ishmael, just like God said. And those people got money. They, they, they just are normal people. They living on this earth. And all of that happened. Because Abraham and Sarah want to bless themselves. Somebody say, think. So when you want to quit, <laughs> to be mindful of what you're letting into your lineage. <laughs> when you want to give up, because how can you teach and push your kids to become better in life when every time you ran into adversity, you quit. <laughs> you know what you're going to teach them when they get on a job and something happened that just quit, find you another. They'll never build up a 401k and they'll never be able to buy a mortgage, never be able to get their credit right because every time they got into a high leverage moment, you're going to teach them to do what you did, quit. And they can never build up something for them to leave for their children. No, teach your kids. Johnny, you know what? Sometimes you're going to have some bosses that, that, that just, they just, they probably got drunk last night. And the devil probably got in them and they probably just giving you a hard time. But don't walk off your six-figure job because somebody said something you didn't like. Six-figure jobs don't just fall out of the sky. You won't even have conviction to tell your kids to hang in there because you quit all of the time. And not only that, you won't have the proof to show them here's what happened when you don't quit. You can have the proof and they say, he's going to say, well, what you did? And you just say, look around. And then you begin to tell them that there was moments that I wanted to quit, but I, I thought about you. 
There was times when I wanted to tell my boss off, but I knew I had to make sure you had money going for your college. Lord Jesus. Somebody say, stop being a quitter. Somebody counting on you. Lord Jesus. So the message of this is that God will help you. Don't let your excuse, don't let your baggage be an excuse while you stop pursuing greatness. I don't care what it is. It could be a sickness you picked up out there in the world and it has made your life a little complicated. God will help you. And until you build up the faith to get healed, God will help you manage that and keep that under control. Man, God will help you deal with, I don't care how bad the damage is that you picked up when you was in sin. God will help you. But let me share something with you. This is a truth. That damage that you picked up in the world, in your Christian walk, is going to come back to get you. At some point, you're going to have to deal with it. We got to get that sweep under the rug spirit out of our culture. You can't kick the can down the road and think that solves the problem. Problems don't get solved by just kicking the can down the road. Problems get solved when you deal with them. No matter how difficult it is, you deal with it. Oh, my God. Lord, have mercy. Let me get through this. All right. So did I prove it? I'm good. I'm clear. I wish all churches would do that. (laughs) That way you make them preachers make sure they're not just getting up there throwing something in the air, disrespecting your intelligence. (laughs) You have the right to not just take anything that comes from the pulpit. Wow, that's a good word. What he said. I was talking about the way he made his voice modulate and all of this. And, you know, when he when that voice changed, I kind of felt that. And I was, but what you got from it? I'm, let me go back and watch the stream. I'll tell you. But that church, that was good church right there. Lord Jesus. Sad, but it's true, right? All right, let's get through this. Okay, let's go to uh, Genesis 25, 30 to 36. And this was the point right here. Don't let temporary deficiencies cause you to forfeit the long-term reward. Boy, that's a good one right there. I hope y'all walk out of here today thinking. (laughs) I hope you walk out of here just saying, you know what? Because somebody came in here today getting ready to make a bad decision. And sometimes God may be leading you away from a connection. Don't be afraid to get away from a bad connection. Don't worry about, oh, well, what's going to happen to my money and how I'm going to pay my bills and he take care of me. A light bill being paid is not worth of somebody just constantly cheating on you well you know you gotta deal with it you gotta stay there y'all we are God is about covenants and Jesus they asked Jesus they said shall we divorce for every cause he said no 
He said, you can't just find any reason now you don't get along, you had an argument. No, you got to be committed to work through these things. But there are some things he said break covenant. He said, except for that breaks covenant. And you can't be so needy and dependent and untrusting in God that covenants are broken, you're going into depression, you're sad, you can't function, you're not eating, you're losing weight, you're hurting, you're painting, but you're worried about what you're going to lose. Man, don't you know, if you, after you get through that pain, God is going to give you your strength back, he's going to give you your self-esteem back, he's going to give you your courage back, you're going to want to do your hair again, your nails again, buy nice, those times are going to come back. You're just going through a moment right now. Paul said these light afflictions are only for what? But don't let those moments make you feel like they are forever. They pass. It gets better. Lord have mercy. Let me show you the error of this guy, 30 to 36. I hope I'm blessing y'all today. Man, I hope I'm blessing somebody. Verse 30. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am vulnerable, or I am weak, or I am hungry, or I have a need. Therefore, his name is called Edom. And Jacob said, okay, I'll feed you, but sell me this day your birthright, or sell me access to everything good in your life. Satan say, oh yeah, I give you that, 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 that drug deal. But in turn, I want your freedom. I want your mind. I want, I want everything. See, he's only going to come to you in a moment where you have a deficiency. When you have a need. And when you have a need, when you're vulnerable, that's when those moments, that's when you're going to pre- be presented with an alternative route to ruin your life. All Esau had to do was say, you know what? I am hungry. My flesh is pounding. But I'll be okay. I am not about to give you, I'm not about to give you my connection to God for a bowl of beans. Listen to me. Listen to me. I don't care if he got $2 million compared to the birthright that God had for you. It's a bowl of beans. I don't care how much the devil make you think it's valued at. It's a bowl of beans compared to the eternal blessing of God. I don't care what it is. Compared to what God has for you, it's a bowl of beans. Somebody says it's a bowl of beans. Them beans look good when you're hungry, though. <laughs> it, it don't even make sense how sometimes we allow ourselves to get involved in things that are literally of no value compared to what God want to do for us. For a moment. But then look what Esau said. Boy, this is something. He say, now here I am about to die, and you want to talk to me about a birthright. 
Somebody say that birthright is everything. That birthright is what's going to save your life. And not just your life. When Esau decided to forfeit his birthright, all of his kids missed out on him. Lord have mercy, Jesus. And he sold his birthright to Jacob. <laughs> Jacob says, swear to me this day. See, the devil won't commit me. <laughs> he wants you to prove that he's going to get that birthright. And what happens is when you're in sin, at first it's pleasurable, but eventually embarrassment is going to come. Eventually, at some point, God is going to, and sometimes God does that to help you. Because sometimes you wouldn't make the right decision unless God lets certain things happen. And sometimes God is protecting you. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. And look what he said. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he ate and he drank and he rose up and went his way. And Jacob despised, or Jacob took, no, it says Esau despised his birthright. Do you ever feel like living for God get on your nerves? Is aggravating? That's Esau's spirit. You, you got to be careful that Esau's spirit is not forming on you. Oh, it's time for church. Oh, man, church again. That ain't going to pay my bill. That's Esau. You better be careful. Whenever things, the things of God start becoming grievous to you, that's Esau's spirit visiting you. When you're losing your joy and your pleasure for the things of God, that's Esau. Whenever you, it's, you feel burdened to do anything for God or for the people of God, you're starting to become like Esau. You don't want the things of God to be a burden to you. You want to serve God with joy and gladness. God has not called us to serve him under bondage with rules and regulations and taskmasters. He has called you into freedom. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Meaning you're supposed to worship him freely in your spirit and in truth. We're not putting rules on you and say, oh, you got to do this, you got to do that. Man, that's a miserable life. You want to serve God because you want to do it. God wants you to serve him because you choose to serve him. Lord have mercy. Praise God. Does somebody say I'm not going to be like Esau? Praise God. All right, let's go to our last point. And we're about done. Amen. Y'all give him a hand clap as we turn. To this last point right here. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 5, verses 15 to 19. Hallelujah. Romans 5. This is good. This is good. Verse 15 to 19 says this. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. He says, for if through the offense of one, many be dead, much more the grace of God. 
and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, had abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so was the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. He said, for if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Will you be the one? <laughs> what, God, what this scripture is telling you that one has the power to open the door for evil to come upon many behind them. In like fashion, when you flip the coin, one has the power to open the door of righteousness to those that come behind them. So this is what you got to think about when you're in these moments. I now have the power to stop a demonic spirit from entering into the lineage of those that come behind me. <laughs> you have the power to stop the spirit of depression. You can be, the depression can come to you and the enemy can have a plan to bring it to your children. But you can be the one that say depression you're not passing beyond this point. From this moment forward, the joy of the Lord is going to replace depression in my lineage. I want you to get this, church. Poverty. The poverty is a mindset. I want you to understand what I'm telling you. It's an acceptance of lack <laughs> then once you begin to accept it you start to learn how to maneuver in poverty do you start learning how to get over do you start learning how to whine and complain and be- that's a mindset that has traveled to you but when it comes to you and you start thinking according to God's word and realizing that God has better for you at you you are the one that can stop a lineage of poverty Y'all, this is some powerful things I'm sharing with you today. (laughs) You literally have the power. And I want you to realize something. Human beings are portals of evil spirits. Not only are they portals of evil spirit, they can birth an evil spirit. Somebody say proven. Perfect. Why did Jesus see Jezebel in the church in the book of Revelation? (laughs) 
Because Jezebel was dead for generations. The dog had already licked up Bowser. The physical Jezebel was already gone. But that mindset, that mentality, that bullying, she burnt that thing. And when she died, it traveled. Somebody say, prove it again. When an unclean spirit lives in a man, an unclean spirit can live in you. And one strong can come and take that spirit and cast it out. What did Jesus say those spirits do? It said they go out and they start seeking places to rest. And then they came from, not on their journey to seek a new house to live in, they may find it. If they don't find it, the Bible said they're going to come back to your house and they're going to find it swept, clean, meaning they, they haven't been there in a long time. But then look what he says happens after that. He don't just jump back in your house. He said, oh man, I found a house I used to live in. They already know she was fast. But now I got to go back and get some drugs to come. The Bible said he come visit. He see it clean. He pause. Okay. All right, guys. <laughs> Let me tell you what I found. I found a brother or a sister that was living for God. They clean. But they want to come back on this side. Now, last time we had them, I was by myself, and that grip wasn't strong enough. They got away. We need more. Okay, you want to come? Who are you? Hedonism, addictions, depression. He can go, the Bible says he can go back, so the one that got kicked out come back, and then it says he gets seven other. so now you got eight come back. It say he went get seven other, and the mentality is, I'll let you go the first time. Obviously, I didn't have enough on the inside of you. So this time when I get back in there, you're not getting away this time. But God is so merciful. <laughs> He'll come back and get you when you got eight in you versus one. Do I have any witnesses in here? The scriptures say the last state of that man is worse than the first. So you got to think about these things when the devil is trying to bring you back into things that you used to be involved in. What you got to tell yourself is I am going to be worse off than I was the first time. It's not personal. It's true. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Somebody say, stay in the house. <laughs> Somebody say, don't go back. <laughs> Somebody say, fight <laughs> to stay in the house. Lord, have mercy. You got to know your power. Y'all stand with me as we get rid of the prayer. You got to know your power. <laughs> you got to know that you're a portal. You are a portal for good things to come to you and your family. 
And you're also a porter for evil things to come to you and your family. He talked about Balaam in the book of Revelation. Balaam was all the way over there in Numbers. They saw him in the book of Revelations. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Don't be the one that allows bad things to come to those that's behind you. But be the cause of good coming to your family. Praise the Lord. Amen. Y'all give him a hand clap. Hallelujah. Y'all made me work today. I gave y'all everything I had. (laughs) Amen. I pushed through that one. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for allowing me to communicate your word and give out everything that you had on my spirit and my heart. I thank you so much, God. I pray, God, that somebody received what I said. I pray that I articulated in a manner that was understandable, that was plain. God, that helped somebody to realize the high leverage moments that they're dealing with. And God, as we get ready to come before you in prayer, I pray, God, that you give everyone the courage to come to this altar and that, so that you can help them. God, the scripture says that we all like sheep went astray. But let us not let our pride cause us not to get the help that we need. God, if we are in these situations, God, as we come before you today, help